Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Our guests like Al Leiter in 15 minutes on the Goodyear Hotline. Coming up today, one game, do or die. East tonight, west tomorrow, huge stars, the fate of an entire franchise involved. Plus one word for A.A. Ron, my favorite candy bars, and as mentioned, Al Leiter on the way. Here we go. Here we go. Only one place to start. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Well, I very seldom start the show with a feature like that, but I just have to do it. Because a Hall of Fame former general manager in the National Football League has used one word to describe Aaron Rodgers and everybody like him. And that word really took me aback. The word is diva. And that's not all he said. You have to hear what Ron Wolf said. He was on the Wendy's Big Show on 1250 AM, The Fan in Milwaukee. Listen to this. It appears that today's quarterbacks want to be more than quarterback. My time, they're hired to play the position, quarterback. These guys, they want to uh, pick the coach, pick the players. A lot of divas playing in that league right now. And the thing that I fail to understand is all these guys that are doing this have long-term deals. All right, well, let me make one thing perfectly clear, and I will make this Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I have a great deal of respect for the accomplishments of Ron Wolf, who was in the Hall of Fame. But that, what he just said, is utter nonsense. And here's just a quick rule of thumb. Pretty much regardless of how old you are, and this is something I am learning as I get older, anytime you begin a sentence with the words, in my day, you have taken a wrong turn. Turn back. No one gives a damn what happened in your day. Your day is over. This is a new day. And that has been true through every generation from the beginning of time and will be until the end. There was also a time when they played football in a T formation. Things change. It's called evolution. This is a great example of two things, both of which are huge mistakes. One, explaining anything by saying because we've always done it that way. Here's a little tip. For any of you out there who are beginning careers in any field or endeavor, if you are ever given a task by someone that you work for and it doesn't seem to make sense to you and you ask, why are we doing it that way? And the response is, because that's the way we've always done it. Be aware you're working for an idiot. That should be clear. I'm not suggesting you should treat that person like an idiot because most idiots don't like to be treated like idiots. But if anyone does things exclusively because that's the way they've always done them, that person is an idiot. Second, the second thing that is always a mistake, bemoaning the fact that things have changed because you liked it better the old way. I'm 53 years old. I would say the the number one thing I work hardest at is combating that. There are so many people around me of my age who just whine all the time about how things used to be. And I could fall into that. And I try so hard not to. And I will pay a real compliment to my buddy, Mr. Hembo, who is seated next to me, and my friend, Zach Benabede, who's a producer on Get Up, who's sitting across the room. 
I am surrounded by younger people every single day. I work on Get Up, at, at which I am by far the oldest person I work with every single day. Everybody I work with is in their 30s. And I'm telling you, it's been great for me because I know exactly how we've always done things and I know the way they've worked. But the way we've done things and the way they worked are not necessarily the way they should be done now. And so being surrounded by younger people who have different energy and different ideas and see things differently and aren't so impressed with the fact that, you know, I got my legs waxed on on television 15 years ago, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Someone needs to tell that to Ron Wolf. The reality is this, straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Aaron Rodgers is the most important person in the Green Bay Packers organization, and it isn't close. And if they don't want to acknowledge that in any way, he is going to go somewhere where they will. It's as simple as that. This is true of all the top quarterbacks. This is true of NBA superstars. This is true of many other people in sports. And it is true well beyond sports. Here's another good lesson for young people. Special accommodations are made for special people that may or may not be fair. It may or not be right. I'm not here to tell you if it is or it isn't. I'm just telling you it is the way the world works. And that is never going to change. That was true in my day, and it's true in this day, and it's going to be true whenever my kids' day comes and their kids and everybody else's. If you are gifted, if you are uniquely good at something, and you pursue that something, they will treat you differently than they will treat people who are only okay at it. I don't know if that's right or not. But the really successful people will say things like, I I believe this was attributed for the first time to Bill Parcells, but I'm not positive. It doesn't really matter. I treat everybody fairly, but I don't treat everybody the same. That's a pretty good rule of thumb. You got to treat Aaron Rodgers differently than you're going to treat the backup tackle. It's just that simple. Jimmy Johnson, when he first became the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, found some backup lineman asleep during a film session. They're all in a classroom. And the film is going, and it was back in the old days. I've heard these stories from all these players. They would say that when the film projector was running, that little tick, 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 tick sound that it would make. Again, if you're under the age of 40, you don't even know what I'm talking about. But that's the way we used to listen to film before everything was digital. And that sound would sort of lull you to sleep. And this one guy falls asleep in a meeting. And Jimmy Johnson walked over, picked up his stuff, threw it out the door, and cut him literally right there. And someone asked him, what would you do if that was Troy Aikman who had fallen asleep? And he said, I'd wake up Troy gently and ask if he wouldn't mind rejoining the meeting. Why? Because Troy freaking Aikman was incredibly important. And Jimmy Johnson was smart enough to know that. And that's why Jimmy Johnson is in the Hall of Fame. Ron Wolf would have known that. Ron Wolf was the general manager of the Green Bay Packers when Brett Favre played for them. You don't think they treated Brett Favre differently? I heard Keyshawn talking about that this morning on KJZ. It was awesome. Guys, cut me up some of that, if you will. I want to play a little bit of that when we, when we can here. I'm, I'm just thinking of it. But we played it on, on, on Get Up, and it was awesome. Keyshawn was like, don't tell me quarterbacks are divas. They've been divas. Quarterbacks have always been divas. You could just get away with things differently now than you used to. You think every – I'm just going to take it back to the most ridiculous extreme and the most ridiculous example. Joe Namath used to walk around in fur coats and he once posed for, a, for an advertisement wearing a pair of pantyhose. How do you think that would have gone over with the Jets coaching staff if it had been a backup lineman? And Weeb Eubank, 
listen, uh, the fur coat thing, we're done here. All right? That, that's what we would have done with the fur coat thing. Oh, it's Joe? Oh, we're good here. I've heard a great story about Rex. Rex, one time, someone came over to him and said, one of the defensive backs just got hurt in a drill. And Rex said, was it Revis? And the coach said, no. And Rex said, okay, and just walked away. Because different people's different accommodations are made for different people. That's just the way it goes. Aaron Rodgers is no different. He's great. He's an all-time great. And he's in your grasp right now. And the Green Bay Packers have wronged him. And not everybody handles that the same way. But is anybody surprised that Rodgers is just never going to let that go? He's got that written all over him. And I don't mean that as a criticism. It's just the way it is. I am Greeny. We are presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. We are just getting started. Al Leiter is going to jump in here. We're going to talk about my favorite candy bar. Those two are unrelated thoughts. we got to get you set for the NBA stuff. The playoffs begin tonight in an unprecedented way. We'll see what we think. All that more as we get this thing rolling. The hashtag crew is here, and I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. KJC. But I don't believe that Aaron Rodgers will not play football this season. I believe he will play. It just won't be in Green Bay. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin tomorrow morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like For the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. All right, so much rolling along here. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Al Leiter will join me 
On the Goodyear Hotline in 30 seconds, we have Candy Bar Talk today and a whole lot more on the way. But right now, these 30 seconds, I will tell you about Zip Recruiter. You know, it's good news, baseball fans. You know you're allowed to go to games this year. In many places, you're sitting in pods with your group. Well, businesses everywhere are making the gradual shift towards normalcy, and that means more hiring, and that's where Zip Recruiter comes in. With the matching technology that finds people with the right experience for your job, invites them to apply. It's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate in one day. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free only at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny at ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Lighter a pitch away. No balls, two strikes, two outs in the ninth. Lighter into the wind. The pitch to Wimmer. Here it is. Swing and a miss. It's a no-hitter for Jack Lighter. The Commodores pour out of the third base dugout and from the bullpen. He struck out 16. And it is my pleasure to welcome to the program a man soon to be known as the second best pitcher in the Leiter family <laughs> from the MLB Network. Uh, here is Al Leiter back with me on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Al. Uh, that's good. You know what? It's funny, Greeny, because uh, now it's already started. It's like, hey, wait a minute. You're, you're, you're Jack Leiter's dad, right? So as a, as a father, I love it. And uh, it's pretty cool, I have to admit, to uh, watch your son uh, you know, go out and do what he's doing. It, it's been so exciting for all of us, me and my family and everybody else. I, I can't even fathom it. He's pitching at Vanderbilt, and I asked Buster only about it on TV today, all, off the air, just in a, in a mic check. I uh, guess, you know, Buster is so proud because he goes to Vandy, which is his um, alma mater. And he said, I said, you know, give me the, 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 the scouting report here on the difference. And he said, maybe a little less emotional on the mound than Al Leiter was. Would you describe that as an, an, appropriate, uh, an appropriate read on the situation? Yeah, that that would be 100% accurate. So, Greeny, he definitely took on my wife's personality. I was a bit of a nut job out there. If you remember, uh, I, I had some, you know, strange additional level level of intensity. Kind of had the football mentality. I did play fo- high school football. But, uh, no, yeah, he's got – he's calm. He's He's got a good, good uh, a routine about him. And, um, you know, it started young, right? You know, he was only – five maybe six my last year in the big league so he vaguely remembers but um yeah i would say the disposition and demeanor not even close uh he's got me beat by a mile now let me ask you an honest question because you know my my kids played a little tiny bit of sports and 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 even that i had the hardest time watching it was excruciating for me i'm watching my son playing aau basketball when he was in seventh grade and it was it was basically all i could do to sit there and i'm listening to some of the parents that would be yelling at referees and like i it i I didn't even find it an enjoyable experience i wanted to find joy in it but i struggled to now what is it like for your son well listen and and i don't want to overdo this i mean let him be his own man but what is it like for you you know, as can you find joy in watching it, or or how do the whatever nerves and anxiety and everything else sort of factor into that? Yeah, yeah. So you nailed it. Um, it, it definitely. I thought I'd be good about it because I, I mean, without getting into all the psychoanalysis of this, but my my career turned around when I met a guy by the name of Harvey Dorfman in 1991. The mental game of baseball, and he was kind of the baseball sports psychologist guy, a time when you didn't admit to that you needed some uh, help between the years. Uh, and now it's everywhere, as you know, with, uh, you know, teams hiring these you know people to help the guys. So my thing watching him, Greeny, is 
I always just look at, you know, and understand what his process program and routine is and get to that space of what his job is and then just watch the either execution or lack of execution. So I go into a kind of in a weird way, like a loving dad to like an analyst to a coach who wants to like help. Like I could watch anybody anywhere. I, I remember when I was with the Mets, I, the kids were little. And before I go to Shea Stadium, my wife and I would have the stroller and I'd be walking through Central Park before, you know, head out to Shea. And I'd see some kid throwing whatever. And I'd be like, hey, get your arm up. And they'd look at me, you know, like, yeah, piss off. Leave me alone. And, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm going over to Shea Stadium, the pits, you know. So uh, I, it's just in me. So I think when I watch my son, there's always like in a, in a good way, not in, not in like some crazy way. I promise you. Uh, it's just uh, – and then the other thing is I keep score – to keep myself busy. So that's the other part of uh, not getting too anxious about it. So, yeah, I guess there's a little bit of stuff going on there, but um, I love it. I don't care. He was the littlest kid on his travel team. He batted seventh to ninth, barely pitched until high school. And I said, Jack, you're a smart kid. And I said, you know, maybe baseball can get you to a really good school, like Northwestern or, you know, submit Ivy or something like that. Um, and then, you know, he progressively just got better and got stronger. And, you know, when Vanderbilt came on board, he always, you know, that was his dream school. So, yes, Greeny, it's been great. It's been amazing. Well, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for the whole family. And let's not go any further with that. Let's get I into- did drop a Northwestern in there as you did the Buster Olney, there, right? Uh, absolutely. There, and that's, that's our little back and forth there. So, absolutely, yes. I, 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 I am delighted that you, you chose the right school to drop Joe in Girardi there. was with, uh, the, with the Northwestern Wildcats when I was recruited, and uh, he was on my recruiting trip uh, when I was in high school when Ron Wellman was the coach. So, had a choice between there and some other good schools, but... Didn't didn't pick it and then sign with the Yankees. The rest is history, I guess. And it all, all seemed to work out pretty well. Let's get to some breaking moves. Breaking moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. With Al Leiter, who you'll see on MLB Network tonight. Uh, MLB Network's got Red Sox, Blue Jays Thursday and Mariners Padres on Friday. And, and I want to ask you, before we get into any specifics, one big picture question, because the way the game is, is, is played right now, and particularly the way pitching is right now, it feels as though there has been a pretty dramatic shift, even in the, in the basically short time since you were pitching. So I, I want to ask you with this way, if you were pitching in today's game, how different would your approach be from what it was when you were in the bigs, you know, whatever it was, 15 years ago? Yeah, good question. So, yes, strikeouts are up, batting average is down. Uh, let's just start with that. And then as a result, we keep hearing uh, that home runs are up. And, yes, while they are, especially the last few years, the the significant home runs per game, if you go back, uh, Greeny, over, over a handful of years, and you could even go back into, you know, 90s, 80s, uh, you know, even back to the 60s when, when 1961 when they had uh, – you know, Maris and Mantle doing what what, what they did. Mm-hmm. It, it's always been right around a, about a home run per game. And now, you know, as we get closer to what's transpired the last few years, it's like 1.3, 1.4. My point is this. I, I know that they're going to try to do a, a variety of things to try to make the game either quicker pace or more interesting. My take is it's an approach to what hitters do. Uh, hitters recognize that OPS plus and slug the ball and try to hit over the fence and you can't hit through the shift, hit over the shift, et cetera, that the, the hitting approach has changed with not valuing 
shortening up your swing consistently through a lineup because the lineup for the most part, a lot of guys have the same approach, whether the guy hits eight home runs or he hits 35 home runs. And I think that is the distinct difference that I can identify when I did pitch to what guys are trying to do now. It's just, there's more swing and miss. There's much more talent. There's more athleticism. Uh, These guys are are terrific athletes, but I, I think the approach has changed because it, they're told that strikeouts don't really matter. And if you go one for four with a three-run homer in the seventh inning, you had a great night. Um, and I can tell you that the nuisance pain in the neck guys were the guys that would battle, you know what, fight, 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 get on base. If they had the ability to steal a bag or, or you know, first or third, that, that to me is, is an element that I'd like to see more of. Oh, me too. And I mean, I can illustrate the point that yeah. you're making. So right now, home runs per game, they're on pace to be seventh most of all time. Runs scored per game is on pace to be the 95th most <laughs> of all time. So yeah. right now, home runs are not equaling more runs in the sport for better or for worse. Al Leiter is with us here. Let me get into some individual teams. I have a minute with you here. Uh, let's talk about the Yankees yeah. to begin with, who you, you did their games, of course, for such a long time. Um, do you believe they need to make, as you look at what the White Sox are doing right now in the American League and the Red Sox after the surprising start they got to and more, do you think that as we start to approach the trade deadline, the Yankees need to make some sort of impactful move to sort of fulfill the, the destiny that so many people had, had put all this pressure on them for this season? So uh, I think they're always that team to do such thing, right? So I think as a result you'll see that eventually for, for, uh, for the Yankees to do it. I, I, I think this, uh, Greeny, I, I, I think when I look at this team, uh, they have a definitely periodic health issue, right? Most recently, Giancarlo Stanton. Um, you know, so they're, they're, there's, can they stay on the field, right? Uh, Giancarlo ha- has been looking great uh, up until who knows how that'll play out. Uh, Gary Sanchez, to me, I, I don't know if he's relegated as as a backup guy now, betting a buck eighty five. But even with all of that said, because it is it is Yankee Stadium and it's an easy place to hit, especially right field. How deep of a rotation do you do you like and trust? Uh, I thought Kluber was going to be a nice pickup because here's a guy that never had to rely on on velocity per se. Um, kind of a you know a, a Greg Maddox slash uh, Roy Halladay kind of look. So. I, it's really good to see him do well. Of course, Garrett Cole, I know he had a clunker against Texas last night, but it's elite, elite right up there with Jacob deGrom. And then it comes down to, do they have enough? Like, do, do you trust Jamison Tyon to be a, a third guy? You know, is he, is, he, is he the guy? I do know this, that they're going to obviously be in it. I think the Chicago White Sox are exciting as hell. I think Tony LaRusso has got these guys believing that this is a, a new version of the of the '80s A's so swagger. Um, Billy Hamilton is exciting. Talk about guys that can run. Um, yeah, I think now when you're looking at 40 ish games, you, you start kind of playing out as to or, you know is this actually the team? You got to start giving some love to the Red Sox uh, for sure. I, I did not expect that they had 24 wins already. They it took them 60 games to do it uh, last year. Um, you know, so yes, I, I think the Yankees will eventually do something. I just don't know if they have enough pitching. I love their bullpen. Um, but it's, you know, it's a conversation that we'll have, I'm sure, closer coming to the deadline. Al Leiter with me here for one more moment on ESPN Radio. One last thing for you. How do you put into perspective what Shohei Hotani is doing right now? Oh, oh my gosh. When I first saw him come over, I, I really watched 
most closely with with his with his pitching. And I just saw a guy that had elite ace status stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they said, well, he's a two-way player. I said, well, that, that hasn't happened since Babe Ruth. So it sounded nice and it was kind of cute. But I, I'll tell you, Greeny, he, you know, I didn't realize that he made his debut uh, as a rookie and 18 years old in Japan as a right fielder. Uh, I, it's legit. What The home run he hit last night, it was head high, 94 miles an hour. And he mm-hmm. ripped it, pulled it. Uh, you know, so – there. Here he is. He's the modern-day Babe Ruth, I, I, and I, I don't think it's a stretch. Stuff-wise, amazing, uh, back after the Tommy John in, in 18. And hitting-wise, I'm, I'm just completely convinced that this guy can rake. I mean, he's the first pitcher that I believe actually will deserve an MVP because I'm a guy that Cy Young is the uh, MVP for pitchers, but um, so much fun to watch. He's a reason to watch. He really is. He may wind up winning it for sure this year. Al Leiter again, MLB Network. It's a pleasure to catch up. Thank you so much, Al, for the time today. I appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, my pleasure. Take care. You too. That's Al Leiter with me here on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. A lot more baseball A conversation coming up today, including that is sort of indirectly the theme of today's green list. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. All right, so today's Green List is inspired by one of my favorite players of my youth. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, but Reggie Jackson is 75 years old today. Reggie Jackson, May 18th, 1946 is his birthday. So the great Reggie Jackson is 75 today. And I'll tell you the truth. When I was a kid... They started the Reggie Bar, right? So they were, they named a candy bar after him. And I thought it was because there was the Baby Ruth, which was named for Babe Ruth, and the O. Henry, which was named for Henry Aaron. As God is my witness, I thought both of those things. Now, it turns out the Baby Ruth was not named for Babe Ruth. It was <laughs> named for the daughter of a president. I forget which one. I think Teddy Roosevelt. One of the presidents had a daughter named Ruth, and that's how the candy bar became the Baby Ruth. And then the O. Henry... I forget what that was named after. I don't know if it was like the writer or Henry, but whoever it is, it isn't named after Hank Aaron. (laughs) Um, And so all of that was wrong. But that said, it got us thinking about candy bars today. And so today's green list is my list, the definitive list of the five best candy bars there are. Number five. At number five, I am going with the Baby Ruth. I like the Baby Ruth. I am a fan of the Baby Ruth. I'm looking over at Brandon, who looks at you look like a man who knows a little something about candy bars to me over there. <laughs> the Baby Ruth is one of those that when you're trick-or-treating with the kids, you know, like those are the kind, you snatch a few of those, right? You know what I mean? Like you're sort of siphoning off when they do their things. I like all the chocolate candy. I'm not a big fan of any of the, um, I'm not sure what the word is, like the tart kind of candy. Skittles, Starburst, None Swedish of that. Fish, None Sour of, Patch Kids. Not a fan. None of the above. And, and my kids loved that stuff. So I was always siphoning off things like the Baby Ruth. I was always very happy with those. Number four, Number four. is the Snickers. And I'll tell you where you eat the Snickers. You eat the Snickers on the golf course. I would say the Snickers is probably the most, the most popular golf course snack that there is. I, 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 don't, I don't have any research on this, but I'm guessing that more Snickers bars are sold at the turn on golf courses than any other food product. And that includes, includes hot dogs or anything else you might get on a golf course. You start feeling a little bit of the energy go down, you get yourself a Snickers. Number three. Now, number three, I'm going to ask you to say it. 
The peanut butter cups. How would you pronounce the word for them? Oh, Reese's. Reese's peanut butter cups. Bubba, jump in here. How would you say that word? The, the, it, we all know it's peanut butter cups. What is the word? Reese's. Yes, it's Reese's. It's Reese's. It drives me crazy when people say Reese's. It is not. And I was doing a sponsorship for them on Get Up, and the producer kept saying Reese's in my ear, and I kept saying, if I say Reese's, they're not going to pay us <laughs> because that's not the word. It's Reese's. It's Reese's peanut butter cups. Well, you didn't ask me to read a promo. That's how everyone pronounces it. No, Reese's it doesn't. Everyone does it. everyone pronounces it. Everyone is, who does it incorrectly, it is Reese's peanut butter cups, and you're going to start detecting a theme here, I like peanut butter in my chocolate. I like that combination. It's also not a candy bar. What do you mean it's not a candy bar? What is it if it's not a candy it's bar? It's a fair point. What it's does that mean? Buttercup, yeah. I mean, it's not a candy bar. It is a candy. It is. You would, candy, not, you would yeah. not qualify it. If you were to classify the food group that Reese's Peanut Butter Cups fall into, you would not put them in the same food group as Snickers and Baby Ruth's? Candy, yes. Candy bar? No. Well, then you're going to hate number one. Wait till you get to one, bro. <laughs> number Just two. Wait. Number two is Butterfinger. <laughs> now, the Butterfinger, when I was a kid, was called the Clark Bar. I'm not sure when they changed it, but I'm positive those are the same candy. And, and it is like this peanut brittly kind of a thing underneath a chocolate coating. Mm. That is, if we're going to actually make a differentiation between candy and candy bars, that's going to be number one. I love the Butterfinger. It lives in your molars all day. Oh, too. but it's so delightful. Mm. You know what? A Butterfinger is very... Why are you putting a thumbs down to that, Brandon? You get out of here. Killing me softly. I, I, I can't... <laughs> I cannot soon. take it. The Butterfinger is a delight. I like it with like a warm drink. Like mm. a, you get a little bite of a Butterfinger and you take a little sip of the coffee and then the, or the tea, anything you like. I love the Butterfinger. But number one... Number one. Number one without question is peanut M&M's. All right. What? Come on. Peanut M&M's is my favorite it's not candy. It's a candy bar. Are, are we honestly, are you honestly going to now make a differentiation between peanut M&M's and Snickers to the point that they don't count in this category? If you're ranking your top five candy bars, I mean, I love M&M's. They're great, but I wouldn't put them as my favorite candy bar. It's not a candy bar. A candy bar is a bar of candy. <laughs> So not, if you're telling M&M's, Nuno, let me ask you a question because it was Nuno's suggestion that we do this today. Nuno is the producer of this show and he will send out green list suggestions at the beginning of the week. You sent this one and I immediately loved it. Mm-hmm. If, if we had settled on in honor of Reggie Jackson's birthday, name your favorite candy. You would have then been OK with the peanut M&M, but candy bar, you're not OK with the peanut M&M. I mean, maybe chocolate candy because mm. but I went a Chocolate. I went bar, like favorite candy bar. And are you, you honestly because it's your list? Because it's your list. You did what you want to do. No, no. Hold on a second. If you if we go to a movie and you say what kind of candy do you want, I would say I want peanut M and M's. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that meets the criteria. Right, but that's candy. candy. So far, your statement is correct. You are abusing your power. That's ridiculous. I think that is ridiculous. Now, I, I was expecting the potential for some controversy over the selection of peanut M&M's, but let me tell you why I like peanut M&M's. I like peanut M&M's because you can, you can milk it a little longer. I don't like a candy bar when it starts melting. Mm. So if you're eating a candy bar, you got to eat it quick. Do you refrigerate these? I, I don't eat a lot of candy. I don't have any in my house. 
maybe after when the kids were little after Halloween, there'd be some in the house. But but generally speaking, there's none in the house. I eat all my candy on the outside. I get my candy <laughs> at movie theaters, the golf course or something like that. And I used to sometimes have a little, a little candy when I was working nights at ESPN. If I was anchoring a very late show, like on ESPN News, we'd sometimes go on the air at midnight. When I first started at ESPN, there was a sports center that started at 2 a.m. So I, and I hosted that a few times. So you got to be up. So I would sometimes go to a vending machine and get some candy right before we went on just to get a little burst of energy. And that would be your top choice? I always got the peanut M&M's. Always. Always got the peanut M&M's because it is the best candy. And, and I don't care what anybody says because you can, you can, uh, um, you were in total control of the distribution of it. Do you know what I'm saying? You can eat it at your own pace and... They melt in your mouth, not in your hand, so there's no mess. And you know how I feel about that. And so that, my friends, I don't care what anybody says, is the green list of today, in honor of Reggie Jackson, the top five candy bars or candies that there are. I would go Baby Ruth, Snickers, Reese's, Butterfinger, and Peanut M&M's. Coming up next, I'm going to say the last thing in the world you are expecting to hear about the NBA's play-in tournament. That is after this word from HelloFresh. Listen, I know that you miss a true real break, right? Not just endless downtime. I mean a break that feels like you earned it, a shortcut that you give yourself that makes your life truly easier without sacrificing the end result. That's what you get by using HelloFresh. You can skip the grocery store, crowds, traffic, hassle, but not sacrifice delicious meals. You go to HelloFresh.com slash Greeny12, use the code Greeny12, you will get 12 free meals, including free shipping. And once you start, you will be hooked. That's code Greeny12 at HelloFresh.com slash Greeny12. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We have a little bit of a candy bar uh, debate going here. Now I'm being told Butterfinger and Clark Bar are not the same thing. I find them very similar, but Ray texts me, Butterfinger is a layered crispy peanut butter core covered in chocolate. Clark Bar is a crispy peanut butter spun taffy core. I'll say this. 
If there's anyone from whom I will take candy expertise, it is my friend Ray. He knows. I feel like he would know. Uh, Greeny with you, presented by 303 Products, Premium Protectants and Cleaners. Keep your car looking like new for longer. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? So, uh, let me bring Bubba into the conversation. Bubba, I want to share with you the very first words that I heard spoken today by a person I know. So I get up this morning, and like most days in my house, you know, you get out of the house quietly, the wife is asleep, whatever it is. I got in an Uber, I came to work. The first person I saw today whom I know is Hembo. And the first words out of Hembo's mouth were, what's the dumbest thing you've ever done? (laughs) And I said, why is he asking me this question? And then he showed me the story that we're going to get to right here about Waskar Inoa, the pitcher for the Braves. And Bubba, I'm going to ask you this in the context of what is the dumbest thing you've ever done? Because Waskar Enoa, who was having a great season, he is a right-handed pitcher for the Braves, who I don't even think was expected to be in the rotation when the season began and instead has been spectacular, was having a tough outing over the weekend. In frustration, he punched the dugout bench with his right hand, his pitching hand, and is now going to be out for at least three months. He experienced initial discomfort, but the pain didn't truly begin to build until he flew back to Atlanta on the team charter. Members of the medical staff confirmed the fracture. Manager Brian Snitker said, quote, it's a shame. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> yes, it is, Brian. It's a shame. Bubba, how dumb a thing is it to be a right-handed pitcher and to Punch a dugout bench with your right hand hard enough that you fracture your hand, your pitching hand, and you're going to be sidelined at least three months. I think that qualifies for a 9 out of 10. That's a 9 out of 10. Like, I was trying to think to myself, what would that be comparable to? Like, what's comparable to that? Like, what, when you consider the very specific nature of what he does and what, what you need in order to do it, like, I'm trying to think what the stupidest thing a person can do is. That's so incredibly stupid. I don't, I don't know what even would compare to that. Punching yourself in the throat so you can no longer talk. If, if it were me, that's what I was trying to think. Like, I, I need, he needs his right hand the way I need my vocal cords. Mm-hmm. Like, what could I do? Go to a concert and scream my lungs out the day before the NFL draft? I mean, yeah, that's a good one, too. I, I don't even know. But even that, like, I feel wouldn't be as bad as this. I wouldn't be out three months so what is the stupidest thing you've ever done? Have you, you've had the chance to, you know... Oh, I've done you know, any number of stupid about things this for a few in my life. Now. But not anything like that. No, nothing that, nothing no, that caused nothing. harm to yourself? Like Absolutely this? not. I mean, like, there's a part of me that... I, let me ask you a question. Nuno, because you are a, a cynical, sort of negative person in general, and I say that with all due respect. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Do you, do you lean towards feeling sorry for him... Or wanting to call him an idiot, which because I feel both ways, which way do you lean toward? No, I think you're an idiot. If you do anything that puts your career or your season at harm based upon using your hand or your foot, like you're an idiot. Okay, see, that's what I mean by Nuno, right? I mean, that's, that was the most predictable response we were going to get today. Which way, which way, Hembo, do you lean towards you're an idiot or towards feeling sorry for him? I feel sorry for him, but if I were a fan of the team... I would be angry. I would be angry and think he was an idiot. If you were the manager, would you say more than "quote It's a shame"? Uh, <laughs> I, w- I would. I would probably do so, but I would be afraid to do so. All right, Bubba, break the tie. Uh, you're an idiot, or you feel sorry for him? Nah, you feel sorry for him. Okay, fair enough. See, we have two human beings, 
and Nuno, and Nuno on the staff. It's that simple. All right, I told you I was going to say the last thing you were expecting to hear about the NBA's play-in tournament, and that is this. That even if the league loses LeBron James this week, it's here to stay. Woj on the podcast was talking about this and says, not only do they love the play-in tournament, that may not be the only extra tournament we get. I do think it's going to be a part of the NBA going forward, and I think the you know the thing that this was always coupled with pre-pandemic was play-in tournament, mid-season tournament, and they 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 put the mid-season on ice. But we're going to hear about that again, maybe not next season, but in the future when the league maybe feels it's back on track uh, calendar-wise. Uh, I think the league office is as committed as ever to this. There, I don't think there's any turning back from their point of view. And and back when they had to do the vote, they had to do some pushing with some organizations, some teams. But I think it's still, there's a lot of enthusiasm for it. That's Woj. A lot of enthusiasm for this. Let me make my position on this 1,000% clear. I love the play-in tournament. I think it has done exactly what it meant to do. I believe it is here to stay, and I think that that is outstanding news. Anything they can do to increase the significance of NBA regular season games, I am all in favor of. Now, should the league lose the Lakers this week, which I don't expect to happen. I don't think anyone expects it to happen. To be clear, for those of you who don't really understand the way this works, the Lakers are in the 7-8 game against Steph and the Warriors. The winner of that game advances into the field. The loser of that game plays the winner of the 9-10 game, which is Memphis-San Antonio. The winner of that game becomes the eight seed. The Lakers would have to lose both those games to be out. I don't expect that to happen. Nobody does. But is it impossible? Of course not. Could I see them losing to Steph Curry and then to John Morant? Yeah, you could see that. Even so, the play-in's not going anywhere, and it shouldn't. The power rankings are on the way on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.